0: When I started 42 years ago, if you were a farmer, you were cons- that was a noble career. Um, now you're supposed to be hated on. <laughs> and I don't know how that happened. But uh, farmers are known for all kinds of things that are not true, but it comes across that way. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: Garrett Van Weirdhuizen has seen the future of our food system because our food system is all about people. That's the focus of the conversations we have here on the Real Food, Real People podcast. And he's worked with those people, young people who are our future farmers and people all across the food system. He's a farming educator. And this one's a special one for me because he was my ag teacher in high school in the small rural farming town that I grew up in. You'll enjoy this conversation. He shares a lot of insights as he's at a point of transition towards the end of his career and he's seen a lot of things. He shares a lot with us here. So, You're a farmer and an educator. What kind of a perspective does that give you as far as the future of where our food comes from?
0: Um, so I've, I've also worked while I was uh, doing this, sometimes, all right, and uh, I just thought for me I need to be grounded and um, not to uh, put down education, but sometimes it seems a little unreal, and so um, when you're when you're living, you know, producing food, I just consider that real life situations, and so uh, I have students at times who have animal projects, and then they have troubles. Well, I have the same thing. Mm. All right? So uh, uh, I just think it keeps you grounded.
1: What do you mean they have troubles? What kind Um, of
0: stuff? Well, if you own livestock, you own dead stock. Okay? It happens. And uh,
1: Animals getting sick or something?
0: Animals getting sick. um, Not everything's perfect. They don't always birth perfectly. Okay? Um, They get out. Um, If fences are left open, they get out. Sometimes they take the fences out. So all of that stuff is just part of a daily living. And, um, yeah, so I worked on fences today or attempted to, (laughs) okay? So the perspective that I have is uh, when I'm talking to students about agriculture, I participate in agriculture.
1: Explain that. How is that participating in
0: agriculture? Um, We know that less than 1% of America produces food. They're the producers. Okay, these are people that uh, make the majority of their living producing food. And then, uh, and that's about 0.7. And there's about 1.2 percent of the population. That's what I call wannabe farmers. It's it's a bad term. Okay, it's people that farm on the side, so they have a job or income outside of that, but then they still produce food. And so, um, so two less than two percent of the American population produces all the food that's eaten. Um, now, we, we import, okay, and yeah. stuff like that.
1: Export a lot, though, too.
0: We export a lot. So, um So there. it's it's a small minority that are actually producing food.
1: And you're teaching students about agriculture. This is all with the backdrop of the farming population. That tiny slice, like you explained, that's left, is aging. We hear that, and we hear more and more concerns about food security and shortages. And we just went through the pandemic and saw empty shelves. A lot of people saw empty shelves for the first time in their lifetime. Now they're, you know, Ukraine and this and that, there's more concern with, with food and where it's going to come from. And at the same time, the people producing it are getting older, yet you're the person you've been working with young people looking at farming. What, what's your take on the future being engaged at at that point of the whole food system? Really?
0: there are still students who want to be in agriculture they want to be involved uh, they like the farming lifestyle um, though it's a 24-7 alright depending on what kind of farming but there there are still students out there who want to do this and maybe even more but they can't mm. but uh, um, and, and I'm around those students right I, I'm around those people and um, um, kitty Corner from me over here. Okay, is a former student of mine. His dad passed away. He is in the business now. I don't even think he's thirty years old. So he's one of the young ones. Yeah. Okay, and uh, he has no problem putting in the time. Okay, um, and he saw his dad do that. He saw his grandfather do that, <laughs> and uh, it's it's a way of life.
1: How many of the students that you see, you know, a real passion for continuing in farming, how many of them come from a multi-generational farming background? And how many of them are are fresh to it? Maybe they didn't grow up around farming at all.
0: Um, So it obviously varies year to year, okay? Uh, I've had a number of students who say, eventually I want to be back on the farm, but they work off the farm for a while and they're picking up a skill or developing their skill. If it's a mechanical one, they're working for a a business that's associated with agriculture, okay? Um, And yet, I have students that jump right into it. And um, obviously, how I view this is, is for us to survive, we need food. So, okay, Uh, we're gonna have agriculture 50 years from now. Okay, that's a pretty simple statement. Uh, Is it going to look different? It might look way different, Hmm. but we still need food. And, uh, you know, I've said that before to you, it's, I don't care what political bent you come from, I don't care what it is, uh, if you don't eat food, like today, or from now on, you're not going to be around in six months, okay? And so, so food, um, but it's so common, all right, and and so it's so ignored, all right, if that makes sense. And then all of a sudden you walk into the grocery store and hey, wait a second, there's empty shelves here. What happened here? Okay. And then, you know, we had this formula. What you can, I get whatever you want to call it a crisis. If you need formula and there's nothing on the store shelves, it's a crisis for you
1: yeah baby formula, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah and and so all of a sudden now it becomes, whoa, whoa, what what happened? okay, And we're always we're looking for somebody to blame, but it, agriculture is just it's important. food is important for us to say. clean water is pretty important, yeah, okay
1: you have a student that's really passionate about farming, wants to go into farming, they're looking to you for guidance, what do you tell them? Because I know that there are plenty of kids that grow up on farms, and their, their farmer parents or grandparents tell them, don't do this. Go into another line of work. You don't want to take on this life. It's hard. It's often not lucrative at all. You might lose your shorts. Don't do it.
0: Um, so... so. How, how does every everybody needs to find their place, okay? And if there's anything that I that I push in school is uh, get into something that you like, all right? Um, eat, drink, and find satisfaction in your work, okay? Solomon wrote that down a long time ago, and that's really my my push, okay? Um, don't go into agriculture. Don't go into anything that you don't like. All right. So so probably isn't the money thing. Okay. Yeah. A um, couple of weeks ago. So so sometimes agriculture ebbs and flows. Um, I was up in the Horse Heaven Hills a uh, couple of weeks ago in Eastern Washington, just south of uh, probably Prosser, and. Um, Last year, so this this uh, gentleman who was 51 last year and his son came into business. And he had a really good job with one of the large wineries over there. But he came back. So the son's farming 2,000 acres of wheat. Uh, the dad's farming 5,000 acres. And last year, because of the drought, they averaged around 8 bushels an acre. Normally, 22 to 25. Mm it's looking like their average this year is going to be between 50 and 70 bushels per acre because of the rain and the wetness. So we're looking at that and going like, what's the problem? They're looking at it like unbelievable. I mean, they can't even believe it. And so again, one person's whatever struggle is and next guy's doing well. And then, Of course, obviously, the the Ukrainians are not going to have the crop to feed, right? So these guys in eastern Washington, they're looking sweet at the peril of others, which is partly what agriculture is, too, right?
1: Competition.
0: It's ebb and flow. And, um, you know, if I'm a berry farmer, I would try to get you to eat more berries, (laughs) And if I'm a dairy farmer, you really should drink more milk. And I have beef here, so you really should be eating beef, okay? All right. And apparently, if you have chickens, you would like people to eat more chickens. So, okay. So we have some competition amongst ourselves. But most agriculture has, has, I think, has quit the competition with ourselves because there's not many of us. So... uh, we try to huddle together, and then yeah. again, we're at one percent. So,
1: briefly, I want to thank our sponsors. Mana Insurance Group is one, and they're based right here in the same community where I grew up, uh, and I, you know, I went to school, same school where uh, Mister Van, as we called him, Garrett Van Weerdenheisen, was our uh, was a teacher. I also went to high school there with a, a classmate of mine, Dan Vanderkoy, who's the founder of MANA Insurance Group, and I'm, I'm super proud to have them sponsoring the podcast uh, and also managing my insurance. Um, they do a great job. I really trust the folks there. A lot of people there that I know personally, and they're great people. Their MO is spot on uh, about taking care of you and not just trying to make a buck or whatever someone else might be. They're very trustworthy people, and they care. Care about protecting your finan- family's financial future. Also, Dairy Farmers of Washington, whydairy.org is their website, and they are working day in and day out to highlight the benefits of the dairy foods that are produced here in Washington State to make you aware of their nutritional benefits, their sustainability, and as well as, you know, what we do uh, really, the soul of the farmers, the people producing those dairy products. you can check out those stories and learn so much more again at wadairy.org. How did you get into this? What's, did you grow up around farming?
0: Well I grew up I grew up right here, okay uh, hmm. We had uh, We had a small herd of milk cows. I think we we're the last last people to ship in cans milk cans. Wow. How and recently was that? Well, okay, we're talking back in 67, I think it wow. was. And my dad worked off the farm, but he also milked cows twice a day. What did he do? He worked at a sheet metal shop. And then, uh, um, so he got out of that, and then we changed over to beef industry, and so it's always been around beef cattle and dairy cattle. So.
1: And he has a pretty incredible story, too.
0: Well, he 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 did right. He uh, immigrated here and really didn't know much of his story, um, uh, actually until pretty recent. But really, anyway, yeah. A former pastor of his was able to share that. So, mm. um, but anyway, yeah. So, um, growing up. I help people. I I milked for people. I did chores for people. Bucked hay in the summer. You know these little small bales, which, you know, hardly exists right now. And, yeah. uh, um, and we did that in the summertime, like the whole time. So and then did chores in the wintertime. And yeah.
1: When did you decide to get into education? How did that? How did that go?
0: Well, okay. I didn't like school. Hmm. I don't know that I still like. school okay
1: which is really weird and <laughs> then you're a teacher and, and yeah in school every day
0: so so when we got our ffa program at linden christian first private school in the nation it was kurt de and for whatever reason um i really liked mr de okay we talked to called him mr de and uh we did a lot of fun things i mean we did a lot of fun things and so what happened is is um at the end of my senior year, he came my senior year. At the end of my senior year, he goes, I think you could do this education thing, this ag teaching thing. And I told him he was crazy. And, I, and of course, I also told him that I thought teachers were lazy. <laughs> right? And, and like, and why would I go to school and then stay in school? And I've been going to school every year since 1964. <laughs> okay, so I'm still in school, okay? But I'm making a move, obviously, this year. So, um, um, and I think I've got a couple, maybe, maybe more in me. And um, I love, I love teaching students, and I love getting kids that are hands-on and who've not been very successful in education, hmm. and to try to get them. To realize that uh, working with your hands and being in the trades is equally as important as any other. So, um, and <laughs> we do we that varies. dog doggone it, uh, plumbing is pretty important. Yeah. All right, and so electrical wiring is pretty important and building projects with uh, where you can weld things together. Pretty important. So, yeah so, so uh, yeah and, how, and, how, and I look back um I was a horrid first year teacher okay I'll just be honest with you was, I was horrid and my teaching partner, who was a really good friend of mine told me I either needed to get out or start teaching so my huh. second year I started teaching so
1: yeah what, what was that like when, when did you develop this passion for coming alongside and, and really not just teaching but mentoring particularly students who were having a hard time finding their place
0: um so I, I taught three years at Salton and uh got a couple of kids to go to national competitions like Salton Denver did that FFA contest FFA, FFA yeah so when I came to learning Christian um and, <laughs> and you got to be a little careful right when you're saying this but I had a freshman class when I came to learning Christian. That was like the who's who of dairy farm kids in Whatcom County. (laughs) And after about day two, I realized I was thankful I had the kids and not their dads. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Seemed like a tough crowd. And and yet, that freshman class, which graduated in 87 then, was my favorite all-time class. Hmm. Just like solid people. And many of them were still part of agriculture or the trades. Hmm. And uh, um, so, and then, and then, uh, I'm going to mention three names Dennis Lauenbach, um, Greg Van Dyken, and John Top. Um, DL works for the co op. Uh, Greg Van Dyken is an electrician, owns his own business. And John Top owns uh, Top and Ish auction barn. Used to have the sunny side And, uh, those guys uh stepped in and uh st- started helping out doing the ffa thing and so i consider them leaders i think they kind of put us on the map mm. and we had a lot of fun together and uh so i kind of attributed it to that and all of a sudden it just started to roll and and uh DeHaan, DeHaan, of course is sharp and he's a coach and he likes to win, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, and so for 33 years, uh, DeHaan and I taught together, and uh, it was the most wonderful partnership, mm. and um, I, I always say that we had two arguments over those years, and one, he was right, and one, I was right, and I wouldn't know what it was about, so, <laughs> um, he, so he and I would say the same thing. He was just a lot kinder, and I was more blunt, so, so the, you know, the tougher kids could understand me a little bit. <laughs> the, the public like probably hearing to Hans better, but whatever. Okay,
1: you've shared stories with me, and you don't have to name names or anything, but stories about students that you've worked with and seen transformation oh. in their lives. I,
0: I just talked to one of the guys was, um, and I'm not going to mention the name, but this guy's a freshman couldn't put together a wooden box to save his life (laughs) and i'm like well okay this guy just didn't have it and then probably builds the best stock trailer his senior year and i'm like how does that work how do you not be able to put together a wooden box yeah and three years later you're building a stock trailer it's just unbelievable and so so i've seen people develop right and uh but it's over and over. Well, and, oh, and
1: hearing you talk about it, it's not just developing their skills. I mean, you're more interested in the person. Yeah. And them developing who they even are. And I know you've shared with me stories of people who didn't really seem to have a direction, who found purpose.
0: It's, it's, um, so, well, I'll be honest with you, I, I've taught from the heart all the time, okay? And and the the kid or the person was always more important to me uh, than whether they built a project or not, right? I mean, it's um, the senior class that just left, right? I mean, those guys, I have a connection with them, right? And they walk out and they go to these various, they're, they're working at various businesses. And it's like, I hope I taught them enough to where they can survive and, um, and do well. So, so how, how do I look at success? I look at success as like four or five years out of high school. Um, they're decent human beings. Uh, maybe they're, they become a good sp- a spouse. They raise their family right, they have a work ethic, and they care. And then they turn around and come back. I mean, it's, well, okay. And, and, and to me, that's, that's been, like, the crucial thing. I, and uh, I'm, I'm moving on to Natchez Valley, where they had a really good program until '06. It's kind of waned, and the community now wants that back. And uh, it's crazy. I mean, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's crazy. Uh, I was there yesterday. I worked there yesterday, and then I drove home, and then I went to the shop and worked last night in, in the shop here, right? Because, yeah, well, a kid needs help, right? So then that's what we do. But yesterday, we're standing in, a, in an absolute empty shop. Everything's gotten hauled out. We're redoing everything, um, changing where some walls are, and... And they're looking to me like, okay, well let's let's roll this is what we're gonna do and uh, so anyway, I get a chance to do that of my career reset up a program and Natchez is a um, farm community It has a little logging up at the upper end, very family oriented and uh, we have we have some people locally of course that graduated from Natchez, right? So you yeah. know. Fun, and and I always like always like. They go, Mister Van. Who's your favorite? And I always ask them back, and it's always neat when there's about seven kids and about twelve favorites come up. (laughs) All right, so okay. Um, and and over my entire teaching career, um, there's. There's a handful of students that I wished I would have treated a little differently. It's probably at the front end of my career, mm. but uh, yeah, today and tomorrow, I hired a kid, the two kids that are going to be sophomores next year at L. C. And uh, um, could I get a little more work out of them? Yeah, maybe. Uh, do I, um, do I treat them right? Oh yeah, yeah. And the and the kid today goes. You need anything on the farm when you're not here. So that's kind of cool.
1: When you look back on your years of teaching, what's the moment that stands out most to you? You remember it's maybe the most touching or that you're the most proud of?
0: Um, well, there's been all kinds of those moments, okay? Um, I, I, I think... For me, I look out for those kids that are struggling. All right? Um, kid comes in your class and he's down or she is down. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you probably could get a little more work out of him. But to me, it's, it's to be open to figuring out what's happening in that kid's life. Okay? And um, some kids, life is easy. Okay? And there's other kids that go through a lot of struggles, all right. And so to be able to come alongside those kids that that you know are struggling or whatever, that to me is huge. I, I wouldn't say there's one thing, um, though. I had I had a kid a few years ago with um, Asperger's, I guess is the diagnosis, and this kid's a welder now in Florida. And he's doing well. So you know, those are kind of things. How do you know what kid needs a kick and what needs what kid needs a hug? Hmm. And uh, I think I learned that from Dehan a lot too. Okay, because he had that ability to, uh, you know, when know when to and know when not to. And so thinking
1: about education and what's happening in classrooms and what you're talking about there and what you're seeing, what you're trying to help kids students with well it's it's just so different than the narrative that we're hearing right now with school shootings and kids having a hard time and mental health struggles and uh, the list goes on and on what's your take on all
0: that i i I can't say a hundred percent but um it, it it's crazy education is crazy right now okay i don't know i
1: don't see a lot of talk about the kinds of things that you're talking about finding those kids that are falling through the cracks who's going to be there for them well and, and that's something that you take to heart
0: but but who's doing that I, well we we should all be doing that right i mean we all should be um but it's it's, it's like an ffa right okay you can, we, we we raise animals okay stock show uh kids get prices for their animals that are you know in inflated They get way too much money. Okay. And some people want that to be just all real life. Well, here I have a different view on that. Hmm. There's such precious few people in agriculture. So the more students that raise like an animal, they can talk about it to their kids and their grandkids. Okay. Here's the other thing about kids that are raising animals for stock shows. They literally have to take care of another living thing. And it isn't all about them. And to, to, to teach kids, it's not all about you, all right? But our world makes it all about them and us. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and we're fortunate in our community here that we have so many people that help youth, okay? Though sometimes youth don't realize that they're being watched. They are. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, this is, this is my latest kick. Well, it's not the latest, probably in the last seven, eight years. I tell my students, talk to somebody over 40 today, and they look at you and have no clue what that means. So we're all on electronic devices and all that kind of stuff. And I have, I have people that, you know, would stop by at the shop at Lenny Christian, and I don't care if you're 82 or 42. If you have a teenager talk to you in that day, you just had a great day <laughs> because we don't talk. So yeah. we call it communication. Um, I, I don't have Facebook, okay, which is probably a good deal. But these kids have Facebook, and they have, what, 600 friends, but they never talk to any of them. It's it's just on on social media, and um, it's crazy. I mean, th- th- to me, that is it's crazy. Whatever, and it's a good thing I don't have Facebook or whatever. <laughs> that's why that's why I throw out. Wow. Is MySpace in there? And <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they, what? All right. No,
1: the Real Food Real People podcast does not have a MySpace page. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry about that.
0: But but it's, it's, uh, and, and how does this go? It, like COVID, okay? And, and I don't care whether, whether you b- believed it or didn't believe it or think it's the worst thing ever or, or you're still hunkered down. I don't, that's not how I, I lived, right? And, uh, and I probably, be honest with you, I had one of my, family members here never broke stride for 1 minute okay and he lived he lived his life wide open i will tell you i was I, I it crossed my mind for about 3 days and then i go ah i think my son's probably right and that's how i've lived right and mm-hmm. and people can argue and all that kind of stuff it's i don't know whatever it, and then how do you how do you navigate that, right? And uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sure that we're going to get something besides COVID nineteen. There's going to be another one. All right. And uh, I live life wide open.
1: How important is it for schools to provide agricultural education as well as you know vocational? And training in the trades, you know, because you did both really, farming as well yeah. as, you know, welding and wood shop, small gas engines if, all if, that kind of stuff.
0: If we follow Micro, 66% of all the jobs are in the trades. So then I take you take you take the schooling and where do we concentrate most of the money for training? Okay? Um so I think that change has come about probably the last five or six years where we're not pushing everybody to college. Uh, I think college education is, is uh, watered down, okay, because everybody's, well, not everybody, but a good share of people go there. A lot of kids drop out because they don't know a meaning. Um, I think the sooner you find out what you are good at, then from then on, you just move on, all right, and get trained in that area. And um, they're so well; <laughs> it's unbelievable how many jobs are available. If if you're not working right now, I don't get that, unless you have a specific job. But there are all kinds of jobs available.
1: What about? farming though i mean you've said that's such a small percentage of the population why you know is it important to be providing agricultural education if it's just going to be a tiny fraction of the population that's involved in that anyway well so to to play devil's advocate,
0: yeah I, i think the agriculture education has got to um how would i say this teach or inform people what agriculture is okay when I started 42 years ago, if you were a farmer, you were cons- that was a noble career. Um, now you're supposed to be hated on because, and I don't know how that happened, but uh, farmers are known for all kinds of things that are not true, but it comes across that way. Mm. And so... Um, so so I see that I, I, I listen to people talk about farmers um, for me it's like okay how are we going to get or at least question some of this so that they, they go oh uh, maybe that's not true alright but then again there's always some bad apples or there's fake stuff that comes out Yeah. and, and how do you fight I don't know how you fight that but I think you just live every day, and and um,
1: how do you fight it from the classroom? How, how do how does education counter that and move us in a positive direction for farming and growing food?
0: Well, in my, of course, I love agriculture, right? So, so if you show passion towards it, right, um, and. And then for me, over the years, I've brought in all kinds of speakers, purposefully, right? So you bring in people that are positive. And um, every time, well, the last question I've always asked to students, which I didn't want them to ask this of the speaker, but my question is, is does this person enjoy what they're doing, yes or no, and then give me the reason why. Well, and then we get to the end of the semester, and then we talk about it. And it's like pretty much all of them said, well, gosh, all our speakers enjoyed what they were doing, including you, Dylan. They would say, (laughs) yeah, he loves life. I've spoken
1: to a few of your classes over the years. Yeah, Yeah. and
0: and then they give the reason for that, right? Probably the funniest one was, um, I think it was a girl that wrote this. I could tell it by the twinkle in his eye. (laughs) It was of the speaker. And I go, okay, it's interesting. Um, so that to me is uh, there are so many people in ag- people in agriculture are positive, and they all know that next year is going to be a better year. We have hope like no other, and and then and then of course we lose some, like farmers or we, people step out and and that is. It's a huge emotional thing, right? I mean, you couldn't make it or the cost or the regulation or however, right? So that, that's the tough part of it. But most people in agriculture are really pretty positive. And, uh, but you have to also, we're not going to get a lot of positive from the outside. So you got to be pretty much in your heart, know that you're doing the right thing. So,
1: What? What? Drives you in your own farm? What's your philosophy, and 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 talk about you raise you know beef? How many head yeah. do you have, and what do you do?
0: Um, well, I, I I don't really know exactly, but I think we're running about seventy head right now, cow calf. Um, I do kind of call it though. Uh, I have a bad farming habit, okay, <laughs> <laughs> which is I probably shouldn't talk that way, but I love cows and calves. I love watching them grow. Um, when calves are born for me, like the beef calves, it's just amazing to me that a, a calf can be born, and in 15 minutes that calf is up nursing on its mother. And I'm thinking, like, "Duck on!" I've, I've raised some humans, <laughs> okay, and and we're more intelligent, but. They don't get up and walk and nurse on their own in 15 minutes, okay? Yeah. All right. And you've been there too, Dylan. Yeah. So, so you look at that and you just go that, that innate, it's in there, right? And it's, it's the way they've been created. But it's just amazing. And I'm still amazed every time I see that. I just like, how, how can, you, you've been swimming in a tight spot. How do you know that you need to stand up? and how do you know you need to be looking for the groceries? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing, right? And so you get to see that, right? And and then we have we have cats, right? On the farm. Barn cats. Barn cats, all right? And they keep away the mice and all that kind of stuff. And then <laughs> These these barn cats are they're in the city. We have some of ours that are that are out of San Francisco with people that are quite wealthy, and they go all over the country in airplanes. <laughs> they're, they're barn cats. They're the ones that I had to shove aside a little bit with a foot once in a while, okay. And and they're doing extremely well. And um, you know, just even today, there's there's a couple up in the hills here that you know, and they're just so happy that. And they're just barn cats, right? All of that stuff is, uh, again, keeps you grounded, right? Joys and discomforts of agricultural life and hold an inborn fondness, even in hours of discouragement, okay? And on the farm, things can break. Um, You know, death loss, cows get out, um, maybe short on feed. You kind of buy feed that's way too much all of that and you, you just don't go okay today I'm giving up but you no know. so would I do this over again in a heartbeat is just tell you this I I, um, I I love so so I'm so we have a project that's not done and and uh, usually in the summer there's and then you get to speak you're, you're one-on-one working with a kid and you get a chance to just like, breathe life in the kid, right? And this year, I got a kid now that he's going to be an agronomist. He wants to be an agronomist. Well, do we need agronomists in Whatcom County? Yes, we do. And this kid, well, kid, I get yeah, he's an adult, right? Um, he gets trained two days working at CHS, and now he's working on his own. Totally on his own. No supervision while he's out doing his job. And it's like, how cool is that? All right? And he comes, and we're working in shop at night, and then he talks about his day and what he's learning and how he's trying to do a little better job each time. And mm. But that's in the kid, right? I hope maybe I helped a little bit on that, but, mm. uh, you know, he's the kid that I pushed, right? It's so,
1: been a lot of hours for you put in between... Keeping a farm going and teaching and everything else that you're involved with, FFA?
0: Um, yeah. You know, some people say they're too busy. I don't know. We, we all do what we want to do, I think. Um, and I've said this, I, I don't look forward to retirement yet, okay? I mean, that's... Uh, um, and I don't know what that's going to look like, all right? I don't have you know hobbies i don't golf okay though i've had pretty good golfers come through my class all right <laughs> um i don't snow ski i don't you know i'm not, out, not on the water um i like hanging out with farm things like i don't mind going to the auction i like that but that's c- kind of part of work too right um you know i've been involved with cattlemen's association and um uh, I think we should do a better, I think farmers should do a better job of incorporating um, uh, their agriculture with their friends. Hmm. Um, well, I won't list the names, but probably about 20 years ago, um, I was talking to a couple of farmers and uh, was, we were going to have some FFA barbecue and I made a comment about needing to buy pop. And these two guys both pulled out of Ben Franklin, laid it on the table and say, you're going to get milk. Mm. And then I made a promise to those guys that I would never serve pop at another FFA activity. And so it's only ever been milk. Or water, and so I kept my deal, and it made sense. And and really, you look back, and then I was kind of an idiot, right? Why would you not be having an agriculture? And it's not that there's stuff in the in the pop that's some agriculture, I guess. But
1: somebody drew the sugar cane sugar somewhere. Cane,
0: yeah. But but anyway, and I and I think same thing with you know when you're when you're a farmer, yeah, probably serve milk when your friends are over okay um, I, and then you know in if, if, the other thing in education that I you know, I've been a part of and there's people that are with me on that doing big food type things doesn't it doesn't scare me at all um, and I enjoy food okay let's just be honest With you. I enjoy food I enjoy beef Uh, dairy products all that kind of stuff yeah
1: so what's the future of our food system i mean our food system is people i mean that's what this podcast is about and we can talk about how food is grown and soil and animals and all that but at the core of it is the people doing it doing that and that affects everything you've seen the people that are the future of our food system
0: so so the so to me we're in good hands let's tell you that I also know that this about people that are in the trades. Uh, relational. They are really relational. And uh, so that is, it's a huge, um, it's huge. All right? And, and uh, the ties that you have with uh, the specialists that come and help you and, and all of that, it, it has to do with people and relationships. And so uh, do I th- do I think we're going to ebb and flow um, you, you know we' we're, we're, we're extremely wealthy compared to the rest of the world okay We complain a bit too much okay um, oh <laughs> I just like what my friend uh, Ed Bransman says. Ed Bransman goes well, Everybody I see today is going to be in the top 2% of the wealthiest people on the earth, and mm-hmm. I wonder what they're complaining about today. All right? Yeah. So, and I, th- I think I've helped students complain less because it's it, so easy to look around and go, gosh, I don't have it as good as, but doc, when you look at the rest of the world, we have it really good. All right. So I think sometimes we need to just stop and regroup and go, wait a second. So,
1: What is it that people should know about farming, people who aren't around farming, people who live in the city, but maybe they care about where their food comes from? What, what, do they, what, what would your message to them be?
0: Well, Well, first of all, our food is really safe. When you think about it, seldom does anybody die from food. And it's we're putting it in our body every day, okay. Yeah. So we have in the United States really safe food, okay. Milk and meat are the two most inspected items, like the most inspected items. All right. Um, so so food is safe. We take it for granted. Maybe that's okay, right? We. Uh, um, if there's if there's anything that that I'm a little bit bothered by is w- we see food is trying to be a little too perfect, mm. and uh, if you grow a garden, it doesn't all look like what it does in the grocery store. Yeah. So I think we're a little that's a little bit of a problem to me because I think we have enough food in the world to feed everyone, but we throw a lot of it out. Okay, and uh, that makes me a little nervous. Um. But, uh, again, the dollars will always work through, right? And we're going to look at, it's like right now, okay? Price of gas apparently is a little up. <laughs> probably not as much as it will be. Yikes. How many of us have really changed our driving habits? I don't know the answer to that. I know for myself, hardly. Which means what? Okay. Um, have, I, have we changed our food habits? Uh, I don't buy all the groceries, but I don't know that we have, okay? Um, it's going to be probably a long time before I don't eat meat, okay, right? Of course, I raise it, but um, kids are raising pigs for the fair. They're putting the pig food into them, okay? Pig food's not as cheap as it was a year ago. They're still raising those pigs, and they're buying the feed. So, um, I see a lot of berries. Berries are looking good. Um, So, I I don't know. Over the course of time, I've seen a lot of dairy farmers disappear, but there's still a lot of milk. Uh, I love cheese. I still eat a lot of cheese. Okay? And uh, I love cheese um so is is again we're gonna eat we need to eat every day um we'll adjust uh some of us will probably eat a little less expensive stuff all right um what about the people
1: who produce the food what should people not connected with that know about them know about that community know about the culture why do they do what they do well,
0: that's that's always the question. I don't. We we can decide what we think of people in agriculture, right? And if you're not part of ag, uh, I think it's what you hear, and then, uh, you know, you hear a false story or whatever, and that's what you believe. So, how do you get to where truth is? I don't. I don't know. Other than, like, being in some of these organizations, I think you just try to be out there, okay? Um, At the last probably six months, maybe nine months, uh, being president of the the Cattlemen, I wanted so much to do an activity between Bellingham and the Cattlemen, all right? It stills on my mind we should be doing, like, a beef and brew thing, all right? And we'll, we'll bring our beef to Bellingham, and and we'll drink their beer, and they'll eat our beef, okay? But to do something where it isn't wrapped up in this doggone politics, okay? And I don't care if you're left or right. You need to eat. Yeah. And, and, and why not? I think when you sit down and you eat with people and you talk with people, it goes a long ways. I just think it goes a long ways. And... Uh, instead of I don't know maybe hating is a bad word but to being on to each other I just it's not a good thing so well
1: thanks for your doing what you do and investing what you have in so many students including myself and thanks for opening up and and sharing about that here with us for you know for all of us to hear
0: <laughs> Dylan I, I'll always remember our time. At Nationals, getting second in the nation, and uh, with a team of four people, and all four of you have gone a different direction. Yeah. And yet you guys came together and, uh, you know, coached by Josh, and that was fun. Like, like, and, and yet you guys were learning, but it was a fun learning, okay, and uh So been able in Agmac to get a couple of times uh, second in the nation. And that's pretty cool. Little school from Whatcom County.
1: Thank you again for, for sharing your story. You're welcome.
0: This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. These are the stories of the people who grow your food.